Hi, this is Ask Mom RN with your host, Tamara Walker. I'm a mom of two, a pediatric registered nurse, and your friend. I give practical advice to raise a healthier, safer, and happier family. As a mom, you have to be your child's advocate. Many times during your child's life, there may be instances where they need you to step up to the bat for them and advocate for them. When my oldest child was in elementary school many years ago, we were dealing with a very difficult situation. He was falling way behind in school, and it seemed like every grade it just became worse and worse despite trying to work with the school and getting extra help outside of the school to help him learn. And we were at a loss. We were really feeling like the school was not doing enough for our child and we weren't sure where to turn. He went through a lot of testing. We were sure that there had to be some reason why he was falling way behind in spelling and reading and math, but yet he was able to keep up for the most part on, on other subjects with his peers, but it just, despite all the testing the school was doing, we weren't finding a diagnosis of a learning disability, and the school seemed baffled, we were baffled, and we really started to feel like the school wasn't quite doing enough for him and we had to keep pushing the issue and keep trying to get him the help that he needed there came a point where we even had to take him ourselves we chose to find a psychologist outside of the school and had him tested privately to try to figure out what was going on because this was impacting not only his education, but his self-esteem. And emotionally, he was just devastated. He, he would come home and he would tell us, you know, I'm, I'm just stupid. I'm stupid. I can't learn. I just, I'm dumb. And as much as we tried to reassure him that wasn't the case, it just became gradually worse and worse to the point of he became very depressed. And we were desperate. We were trying to figure out what we needed to do to help him. And we really had to advocate for him because the school didn't understand how big of an impact this had on him. And we would meet with his teachers. We would meet with the school counselor. And we were very, very frustrated. It wasn't until much later when he was in high school when we found out that he actually did have a learning disability. But despite all the testing in elementary school, for some reason, we weren't able to get a diagnosis at that time, which also really limited our ability to get him help because the school said, well, without a, a diagnosed learning disability, he doesn't need to be in the learning disabled class. And there's only so much we can do to help him. So 
we had to keep at it. We had to keep going back to the school, which took time and energy. And many times we came away from those meetings feeling frustrated and even sometimes angry. I remember leaving one meeting with a teacher after we had gone over all the things that she wanted us to work on at home with him after school every day. Gave me a long list of several pages. And I looked at her and I thought, well, what are you teaching him? We're paying our schools to teach our children and yet I was being given pages upon pages of work that I was supposed to do with my child in the evening to teach him. And I thought, well, you know, what are we paying you to do? And when are you going to teach him? And what are you going to teach him? And I was so angry. And then I was also so saddened for my child because I thought, well, you know, when's he supposed to be a kid? You know, if he sits in school for six or seven hours a day, and then he comes home and is supposed to do several more hours of work, according to the teacher, when does he get to be a kid? I'm all for education and learning, but kids have to be kids as well. And they have to have time to play and just have fun and, we, and family time. But, you know, what are we supposed to do? You know, there's only so many hours in the day. And I felt like their attitude was, well, I'm just going to put it back on you, the parents. And, you know, we were already working with him on things after school. We had already hired a tutor that he worked with a few times a week. And it just became more and more frustrating. Finally, when he was in sixth grade, um, he started middle school, and we had hope that maybe being in a new school with new teachers, and this was supposed to be a blue ribbon, nationally recognized school, had glowing reviews, and you know, we had a lot of hope. We were hopeful that maybe finally our kid was going to get what he needed. So at the beginning of the school year, we met with all the teachers and with the school counselor and principal, and we explained some of the difficulties he had had in elementary school and that he was still behind in reading and spelling and math and that it was a real challenge for him. And we had another meeting partway through the semester with all the teachers again and with the school counselor and the principal. And it was completely different. The first meeting, I came away from feeling hopeful that maybe they were going to help him succeed. The second meeting, we showed up, and a couple of the teachers had an attitude, and they were like, well, one of them said, I don't understand why we're even meeting about this child. He's not a behavior problem. And I just looked at the teacher in disbelief, and I said, we never said anything about his behavior. He's very well behaved. That's never been the issue. But as we told you when we met at the beginning of the school year, he's behind academically and we're trying to make sure that he's able to succeed academically and we want him to succeed in your class and to learn. We're here to try to help him 
make sure that he gets the education that he needs. And some of the teachers were very willing to work with us and to, and to try to help him. And others just had the attitude of they had too many kids to deal with. They didn't have the time to take any extra time for him. And he wasn't a, pro a behavior problem in their class, so they really didn't care. And I just came away from that meeting just feeling hopeless and feeling like, okay, it's time for us to do something different. So finally, I, my husband and I, after much consideration, research, prayers, tears, um, ended up deciding that for, for him, for our child, the best solution was to homeschool. Homeschooling was not something that I had ever really wanted to do. And in fact, my child had asked us many times over the years to please, please take me out of school and homeschool me because he had friends at church that were homeschooled. And we just never felt like that was a good option for our family. I was working in the home doing daycare and I had started a new business on top of that. And and I just didn't feel qualified. I didn't feel like that was something I was able to do. But it came down to feeling like, you know, my child is really getting left behind in school and he's not getting the help he needs. And these teachers have the attitude that we should be doing all of this at home anyway with him. So if we're gonna spend several hours every evening working with him and on the weekends, we might as well be homeschooling. We might as well just have him home. It took a lot of research. It took a lot of sacrifice. But it was so worth it because we pulled him out halfway through his sixth grade year. I ended up homeschooling him for the next six years until he graduated from high school. And we were able to to tailor curriculum to meet his needs. We were able to find the curriculum that he could learn from best and play to his strengths and be able to help his weaknesses. And he thrived and it really helped him see that he wasn't stupid, which we knew, that he couldn't learn. We knew that he could learn and we were able to show him he could learn and that he could be successful. And it just made all the difference for him. You know, so that's, you know, an example of one time where we really had to be our child's advocate. And maybe you have a situation where your child is struggling academically, or maybe they have, they're being bullied and you're having to go to the school and advocate for your child to stop the bullying. Maybe your child has health issues and you're having to advocate with doctors and with the health insurance to get the treatment that your child needs. There's so many different ways of, you know, that your child may need you to be an advocate over the years. And it's critical that you step up and you do that for your child when they need it. Because who else is going to do it? You know your child better than anyone and you love your child more than anyone else. No one's going to step up and advocate for your child the way that you can because your child is so important to you and you know we'll do anything for our kids 
Oh, I know what you're thinking. Sometimes advocating for our kids means, you know, stepping out of our comfort zone. And you may think, I can't make a difference, or I have no power, or I don't have the time to take off work or to, you know, sacrifice the money. Well, I understand. We've, we made a huge, huge sacrifice of time and money to take our child out of public school into homeschooling. And that's not the right answer for every child. That's not what every child needs. It's what our child needed. So we did it for him. And it was a huge sacrifice, but it was worth it. What your child needs is for you to be on their side and to be on their team. And it's your responsibility to do that. You have to be your child's advocate. Some of the ways that you can do that is to do your research. For example, when I was trying to advocate for my son and to get him the educational help he needed, I had to look up what the school policies were and what legally they were required to offer him to help him because they told us, well, he, he couldn't do an IEP, an individualized education plan, because he didn't have a specific learning, uh, learning disability diagnosis at that time. But we were able to get him a 504, which was a, it's a variation of an IEP. And he did qualify for that. But I had to research and find that out. What did he qualify for and what were they obligated to provide for him? You have to be persistent. Sometimes it's going to take more than once going to bat for your child to get the situation taken care of. For us, it was years of meetings with teachers and with school counselors and trying to get him the help that we needed. It, it was years worth of work. And like I said, you have to be willing to make those sacrifices. For us, it was sacrifices of time, sacrifices of money. I even, I gave up my, my childcare business and I put my, the current business that I have, Mom RN, I had started it. I had to put it on hold for a few years so I could focus on homeschooling my child and giving him the best that I could education wise and to help him. And that was a huge sacrifice. And sometimes we have to make those sacrifices because our kids are worth it. Now, this is my favorite part of the show where I get to answer your questions and your emails. And I have a question here from Jane. Jane writes, hi, Tamara. So my daughter had a big end of the year project that was like 25% of her grade. And she said that she turned it in, but that the teacher lost it. Now she has an F in that class because of it. I do believe her. She is a good student. Should I demand the teacher let her do it over? What should I do? Oh, Jane, this is such a frustrating situation, I'm sure. I, I dealt with something similar with a school counselor losing one of the tests that my son had taken when we were trying to see if he had a learning disability. And my son had to redo the test. And I was furious because he was you know, test taking was so emotionally wrenching for him. And 
to be told, oh, you have to do it all over again because the counselor lost it. Oh, so frustrating. I understand. That's to know that your child did the work and you believe that she did the work because she's demonstrated that she's a good, responsible student. Oh, I, I would be angry. I would be very upset with the teacher. But you also have to remember teachers are human. They're like the rest of us. They're not perfect. And sometimes they're going to mess up. So I do think that you should go and talk with this teacher. And I wouldn't do it in a confrontational manner, but approach it from you are concerned about your child. You believe she did the work. You may have even seen her work on the project. And if you did, you need to tell the teacher that. You believe she did the project and that she turned it in. So ask the teacher, you know, what can we do to help your child pass this class? If she's had a good grade in the class up until now, and now she's failing because of this one project that she says that she did and she turned in, that's very unfair. So I would go and talk with the teacher try to do it in a non-confrontational manner, try to do it as a team. You know, we want to work with our, teach, our child's teachers as a team because the end goal is to help our child succeed academically. And Jane, stand your ground. Don't, you know, don't be defensive and angry, but let them know that you believe your child and you're going to advocate for her and that you want your child to succeed and you're going to help her do that. And your child needs to know that you're on her side. So good luck to you. I hope it works out. And if you're in a situation like Jean, where you know that your child has, you know, is doing what they're supposed to be doing, but others are not, and it's working against your child, it's hurting your child. You have to advocate for them. You have to stand up for them. They need you to go to bat for them. It's so critically important because if we're not on our child's side, then who is going to be, right? You know, these are our babies. And my kids are in their early 20s now. And my oldest that I spoke of having so much trouble struggling academically, he's now full-time um, in a voc vocational technical school in a video production class and he is excelling and succeeding very well and i'm so proud of him and i'm just so glad that looking back we made the sacrifices that we had to make because they were all worth it our kids are so worth it you have to be there for your kids you have to advocate for your child be your child's advocate. Educator and speaker Rita Pearson once said, every child deserves a champion, an adult who will never give up on them, who understands the power of connection and insists that they become the best that they possibly can be. Be your child's advocate. Stand up for them. You can do that. Your child needs you to.
Well, this is Tamara Walker. I thank you for tuning in to Ask Mom RN Show. I want to invite you to join me next time. We're going to be talking about fevers. Fevers are not your enemy. They're not the enemy. You just have to know when to treat a fever and when not to worry about it. So we're going to talk all about fevers and what you need to know about them and how to take care of your child when they're running a fever. So thank you so much for joining me today. I look forward to being back with you next time on Ask Mom RN. <music>